and welcome to Deep Impact, a proud member of the Doof Network, where we dive deep into Arbo's most Canadian work five years on. Coming up next is Elliot Diebold. And that was Ruben Morehouse. That's me. And we're back to talk about Void 7.7. So, last chapter, Blake basically broke. um, And uh, this chapter continues with Blake kind of coming to, kind of... Not quite, not fully, but uh, pulling the, the splinter of wood out of Laird's neck and kind of snapping back into his body a bit, I suppose. Yeah. I, I mean, still sort of at this point, he's kind of kind of like a complete mess. Not not like, I don't mean that in any sort of disparaging way. Like, yeah. considering what he just went through, it's an absolutely reasonable yeah. uh, state that he's in. But he's like, uh, he, he you know, he's he's frozen. He can't think. Like, he's just sort of completely stunned uh with everything that's just happened yeah um yeah and it obviously we were talking a lot last chapter about how kind of desperate it all felt um yeah and that theme continues here it's it's not you know like blake has just basically taken out laird but it's not a victory it's a it's grimy it's it's (laughs) like it feels like an accident even yeah yeah, I, I definitely use the word accident. Uh, it, it was a it was a reflex. Like he he came out of that memory and he was panicking. Um, like we sort of mentioned, it was it was just like this brutal, instinctive sort of move. He didn't think about it really. As yeah. like as you mentioned last last episode, he was almost narrating it as if someone else was doing it when it happened. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And, totally. And, and like, and he didn't he didn't want this. Like he made it very clear. Uh, he didn't want to kill Laird and. It, Especially, this is a particularly like violent, terrible, <laughs> like yeah. accidental way to do it. So it's it's not at all a victory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, almost immediately, Blake is like, "Oh fuck!" and and tries to help out. Um, actually, I want to pull out a quote, something that Conquest says, where he says, "You might want to step forward and help, Mister Behame. Certain deals were made, and those deals are void if he passes," which is kind of spooky right we were talking last chapter about laird having made deals for everyone's benefit except blake's and it seems mm. like though conquest is implying hey if laird dies actually it's not going to be better for you it's going to be worse for everybody <laughs> uh yeah yeah which this line didn't really jump out to me so much on my first read through but the second read through you sort of like oh well like conquest is trying to help him or something i guess mm. yeah well, I just, I don't know. I think Conquest just likes pointing out what a bad job Blake is doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So so Blake kind of steps forward and tries to help Laird, but there are reasons that he can't. I I, I kind of read it as there were some magical and some physio- uh, psychological reasons, but upon reread, I think you're right that it's just all psychological. Yeah, yeah, because there's mention of like this feeling of his arm getting electrocuted. And- yeah. I like I can see why you might have thought that there was some sort of barrier or something, but um, yeah, I, I think that's just the the thought that Laird is bigger and stronger than him, just affecting him on a really physical level. Well, yeah, he just can't do anything. Like do it, he's just yeah, yeah. Um, and Laird is just getting worse and worse. You kind of don't realize how bad it is at to start, but then you realize like, oh fuck, Laird is like coughing up blood, and there's like blood everywhere, and it's just like not good. Yeah, I sort of forgot how big this like little splinter thing was i guess like yeah. or, or maybe we never knew i i was thinking pretty small at first and then the more this sort of goes on i was no, like oh, yeah. no, it's really it's a hunk up. of wood like <laughs> yeah. yeah uh i think the last thing i wanted to point out with, with all this is led kind of re- refuses blake's help yeah right? like, it's interesting like, he doesn't 
he doesn't seem to l- want Blake to help him. He doesn't kind of help Blake help him, at least. Yeah, and and there is, like... I, I mean, this could just be shock or something, you know? Like, he oh, has yeah. just been stabbed in the neck and his, his eye is also messed up, which, like, Evan did that at the end of the chapter, but Blake hasn't really put those two things together because he's got his own shit to deal with. Um, and But, like, the way Laird just sort of stares at him Wait, yeah. I, I, wait the, the way the lack of emotion read into it i almost went rather than shock i went with lead just being indignant i guess is the word i want <laughs> which i don't know lead like there's a time and a place for that <laughs> yeah i mean it's he's got commitment if nothing else yeah he's he's very zealous um so conquest kind of knows that he has won here right um and he says to blake look i if you want, I'll offer you a stay of execution. I won't kill you, but it will come at the cost of a favor, which obviously is immediately like, oh, fuck. I mean, even without the ability to process what he's saying or, or speak, Blake still gives us a hard pass. Yeah, it's definitely Blake, not on the table at all. Yeah, instinctively, Blake just shakes his head. He's just like, nah, fuck that. Yeah, correct move, Blake, I think. Um, And yeah, and, and Blake is kind of... You know, he's he's inside his own head again, but he's still kind of struggling to get his bearing. He He's like, he goes between kind of acting on autopilot, but also just kind of shutting down completely and kind of t- flips between these. Um, shaking, he, he kind of is desperate to act, but also he can't act. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, speaking of Laird kind of being in a form of shock, I think I think that's sort of what Blake's going through here, like a, a oh, yeah. massive case of psychological whiplash slash shock slash like everything. Um, uh, Like I, I want to call out this one uh, bit Blake sort of narrates to himself uh, where he says, my instincts were telling me to go after conquest, mm-hmm. to throw myself at him in an effort to hurt him like I had Laird, to get rid of all the negative feelings, venting the outward pointed ones on conquest, silencing the inward point- pointed ones by taking that bayonet to the chest or throat. It was the simplest, easiest way to make it all stop. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, that's it's that's grim. sort of how fundamentally, like, messed up Blake is after everything he's just been through. It's like, even his survival instinct, he's, is at war with, like, just him wanting it to stop. Like, he's just paralyzed on every level. Yeah, he really... Yeah, he's really pretty messed up. Um, And he kind of attempts to... Uh, kickstart his brain again by just kind of running through the reasons that he's fighting thinking about all the reasons that keep him going but none of them really work yeah and there's a cool like sort of ramping up of the tension as he's going through this list because like intercut between various items on the list is just like things where like evan is sort of freaking out because conquest is approaching or, or just details that conquest is approaching yeah so you you, you sort of get this pressure as Blake is going through the list where you're like, come on, you've got to find something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I want to I wanna touch on this because he he kind of is thinking of, oh, why am I fighting? Oh, for my friends, for Rose, for, for, for Evan. And none of these work. And I, I don't know, that just kind of feels pretty bad. Like, it feels like a bad sign. Yeah, well, so the, like, the list he sort of goes through is, uh, firstly, he, he thinks he doesn't even want to fight, but he has to throw that away because that's just not an option. Yeah. Then he thinks about his friends, but he's done more harm to them than good. Yeah. Yeah. Then he thinks about Molly, which I thought was higher than I would have expected. Mm. Um, uh, but like, he also feels like he's kind of done enough to avenge her. 
Uh, mm. I guess you especially know, Laird, now that Laird, Laird has been fucking stabbed. Um, so there's really this sense of like he's kind of like, oh, I've done enough there, and so then he just starts to think about letting go again. So he has to like actively steer himself away. Mm. Uh, and then we get to Rose. Yeah, so I I, I pulled out a quote here where he says, "Rose, I did I didn't trust Rose," and he kind of just dismisses that one. And it's I think this is something that we want I want to talk about a bit later where. It seems like the trust between Blake and Rose is getting much worse, even though you kind of get the vibe from later on in the chapter that this some stuff here is basically going according to plan. I mean, obviously, there were some parts here that Blake would have not wanted to happen, but on a, on a kind of grander level, this seems to have been what their plan was, and it works. Um, yeah, no, you're right. They work together to succeed in this plan, seemingly, so... yeah. Uh, it it is a bit odd, and you're right. We'll we'll get we'll, get, we'll have more to say on it uh, yeah. later, I think. Yeah. Um. But then after Rose, uh, he just immediately is like, "Family? No. Like, yeah, of there's, course. There's no, there's, yeah, a, there's no decoration around it. He's just like, not. Uh. And then like the thing that turns him is he thinks about the lawyers, mm. and then he's like, "Oh, lawyers and, and death, and like I don't want to die because I'm going to hell. So that that's sort of what motivates him, like just this concept of not dying, and like." As you were sort of saying, it's dark that the thing that turns him around is the lawyers, really. Mm, like, that's not... Yeah. It's not good. He he doesn't want to die, you know? And that's enough, I mean, I, I guess. get that. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. But it does come from the, the lawyers, which... Yeah. I don't think is bad by itself, but I think it is kind of another... Just feels like another slight slide down a little slope. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's sort of the right thing for the wrong reasons, is, yeah. is kind of what it feels like. Um, but eventually Blake finds finds that. He finds a reason to keep going. Um, <laughs> and from there he kind of goes back to what the plan seems to have been, which is get some of Laird's blood and just chuck it at Conquest. <laughs> <laughs> um, With the idea of Laird was captured by them and then freed. And so he, he kind of represents the idea of freedom, which obviously is, is the antithesis of, of Conquest. Yeah, and so obviously this doesn't work, and and I want to talk about why for a sec because I think it's so cool because like conquest is sort of like oh yes this is a free man's blood but uh, it's also blood from a wound so uh, that's still conquering and and so you know he just steps steps over it yeah but then we actually see later Blake is able to reframe it and it does work so I just I love how cool the world of Pact is where like everything you're doing is basically appealing to sets of spirits and like they're really just like taking votes or something and being like yeah cool yeah uh, yeah we'll I, allow it yeah it, it's just such a great and like flexible rule system for a fictional world uh, it's uh, i think we've i think i've said this a hundred times but i love it yeah yeah um yeah it's cool uh, uh look so i want to talk more about the their plan but i think we should do that at the end once we've covered the, re- the rest of the chapter just so we yeah, have but this out. is this is definitely the first taste you get of Oh, the way so there is a plan. Yes, thank God. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, they led uh, Blake chucks some blood at Conquest, and it kind of doesn't work. Uh, and Conquest basically continues to attack Blake, kind of stabbing at him with his bayonet, shooting at him. Um, and Evan kind of helps Blake barely avoid these shots. Yeah, he does take one scrape to the shoulder, which um, like I'm worried he's going to get one of those like Frodo Baggins style wounds that mm, never heals, like yeah. uh, Amon had with a ghoul, because. We've obviously had some mentions of ghouls and how their wounds, the wounds they give you never heal. And, uh, I mean, I remember something being said about, like, Conquest's dom- domain. 
um, when they first went there. Mm. And, you know, if that's just yeah. part of his aura, uh, like, you know, maybe w- he, when he hits you with a weapon, it's not super easy to heal. Hopefully he hit mostly wax. Yeah. Well, yeah, I hope. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Um, so Evan is kind of helping out during this, but I, I want to call out some a line that Evan says, which is very telling. He says, um... Evan said, um, <laughs> which is important because that's basically all that Evan says for the first, you know, three quarters of this chapter. He just keeps saying, um, um, and I, I didn't kind of catch it on my first read, but my second read around, I was like, oh, wait, Evan just keeps saying, um, and it seems like he's really freaking out. Um, he's really like struggling, I suppose. Yeah. I, I, I pretty much said the same thing. I, I didn't really notice these lines. Like I, I was sort of glazing over them each time. And then, and then you brought it up, and and you're right. Like every time he has a line for quite a, quite a way through the chapter, it's just um. And, and <laughs> at first, I thought maybe uh, I, I wasn't sure exactly what I was reading into it before noticing it. But you're right. W- once you sort of focus in on it, it definitely has this sense of him just not being able to cope, and like that's all he can muster yeah. <laughs> in terms of vocabulary. It's just um. Yeah, um, but Evan does help Blake avoid some damage, and uh, this this kind of Blake kind of keeps escaping from Conquest until Conquest uh, until he until Blake basically snaps and just starts insulting Conquest, calling him out on all the stuff we've talked about. He's a Canadian incarnation of Conquest. What the hell? He's a pretender. He's fake, and basically just trying to I don't know uh, break through his his strong front and and reveal how weak he is underneath to to everybody here, including the spirits. Yeah, and I think he's just venting some anger out as well. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely a multi-purpose assault. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the lead up to this is really great. Like Conquest tells Blake to beg, uh, not to be killed, and like Blake sort yeah. of notices how weak he looks in the moment, and then he sort of thinks about how weak he actually is because of how unfair everything is that got him here, and that's just sort of what snaps him. He's just like. Yeah, he just sort of enters like fuck it mode, yeah, and and directs it all at uh at conquest, and it it's it's quite satisfying. To oh me, yeah, really. it's so satisfying. I mean, it still feels desperate, but it's just like all the frustration that Blake has had. He finally gets a chance to vent it. Um, yeah, he yeah. even calls conquest small dicked at one point, which I love. <laughs> it's just like he just like flips out at him, which is awesome. Um, it's very yeah, it fun. captures it captures some of the pettiness. Uh, yeah, of, of the of the whole thing, yeah. Which is perfect because the way that, you know, really the way to beat Conquest on an ideological front is kind of reduce him and prove how petty and weak he is. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so so Blake is uh, running away from Conquest, you know, slinging words at him. Um, and, and basically Evan and Maggie help him avoid blows every so often, but eventually kind of just have to abandon him. Um, and, and it's this continuation of Blake losing all of his resources, right? Everything just kind of taken away from him until finally conquest swings his bayonet for a final blow and blake holds up the stonehenge bracelet that he stole from laird and kind of just says stop and the bracelet is broken and it releases all of its energy which just pauses time for a few moments yeah i mean this whole section is pretty badass particularly that ending yeah um it's very theatrical i i, I love i love how sort of over the top it is almost but it's packed yeah. so that's yeah. that's part of it yeah exactly um, and, it, and it doesn't feel over the top because of it um but like i even like the bit where like blake dodges one attack and then conquest goes to shoot him and so blake's way of dodging it is he just like lets himself lose balance and yeah. falls over it's like, not exactly the matrix but it'll do <laughs> i actually like i was like god that's cool like yeah, he's sort it's of, fun isn't it um yeah I don't, I don't know why i like that so much but i was like oh that's that's really cool um and then also, as you said, Maggie 
is is around and and she is healed apparently uh which mm. blake notes is, was quite fast and mm. oh, this is just glamour interesting interesting uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh so yeah blake basically pulls out his final trick and it works he does some chronomancy which is fun considering he's just killed laird basically <laughs> um but yeah he, he's stalling he's he he this doesn't solve his problem I mean, it's literally like stalling. Oh yeah, like, it's, what, it's, he, what, what he <laughs> what he's done is is very literally stalling. Yeah. So this time that he's bought, he he gets over to Laird, but instead of helping him, lol, he just takes more of his blood. <laughs> <laughs> like, thanks, dude. <laughs> um, and uh, we kind of get these beats that Rose has been uh, like knocked out by by conquest uh, attacking mm. her. And so Blake kind of realizes he needs Rose and and gives blood to her to kind of, you know, boot her back up. Yeah, I mean, the image of Blake sort of running over and scooping up all this bloody snow into yeah. his jacket around yeah, like, Laird to, yeah, to, don't mind to me. nick I'm his just blood. Gonna take some of your blood. Yeah, like it, it's it's simultaneously horrific but funny. Like I like I feel like a terrible person for saying it, but I did kind of <laughs> laugh at the image of Blake just like cuz he rolls he rolls Laird over too, which is like he comments on how easy it is and like this is also like brutal and and like inhumane and and also just kind of funny that he's just scooping up bloody yeah. stuff into his jacket and waddles off with it like yeah it's pretty good yeah um yeah i agree uh so so yeah uh so actually i want to pull out this line where blake gives blood to rose because i think it's i think it's interesting blake says i added we need you as much as we needed laird this may be our last chance take as much as you need i don't know if i trust you but i trust you to do that much um which again you know is another bit of, of blake not trusting rose which Again, like, their plan is really coming together and being successful, but they just don't... It, that Even so, they don't trust each other. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he needs to keep thinking and saying, like, explicitly that he doesn't trust Rose uh, makes me think that we're heading towards something bad uh, between the two of them. Yeah. Because uh, it's... You're right, like, he's so sort of unnecessarily mentioning it almost every time she comes up. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the only other thing to point out here is Maggie cannot give Rose blood because of a lack of connection and also other reasons. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then she stabs Blake to get the blood uh, right near where he was stabbed by the fairy swordswoman, which is mm. just great symbolism. Um, <laughs> I mean, pointing out all these things is going to look really stupid when I'm like completely wrong about it. You're really this. going all in on this theory, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, whatever. It's your, it's your funeral. <laughs> um, anyway, so... Uh, yeah, so... Conquest is closing the distance. Um, Blake's out of tricks again. He's unfrozen. No more bracelet. Uh, but po- he's got one more trick, which is uh, Pose is finally here. Uh, Rose has finished summoning Pose, and Pose climbs out of the book in Maggie's backpack, and uh, and Blake offers him freedom, complete freedom, in exchange for his help against Conquest. Oh, um, you know that thing where like you know you get like ten year olds at school to write a letter to their thirty year old self, and then mm. you meant to like read it when you're thirty and figure out if like you're proud of who you've become or sure. whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think if like we got like a week ago Blake to write a letter to his future self, he'd already be pretty fucking disappointed because stopping Pose was like one of the things he really hung his hat on as the trials were going on. He's like, well, mm. I did a I did a good thing in in lower and capital G, and well, yeah, now he's sure. just like. And now he's just given Pose away. Um, yeah. And it's like, yeah, I mean, wait, as we sort of mentioned, when he went to use him last chapter, he's become that corner diabolist. He's using 
the bad things because he has no more choices. Like he's he's run out of options. Yeah, he's very typical diabolist sliding down that slope, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about how this chapter is kind of messy, I think is the right word. Like, you know, I don't think it's unintentional. I think, sorry, I think it's intentional, you know. I think there's definitely a sense of it being hard to follow parts of this chapter. Like, uh, there's a part where Blake and, and, and Maggie are hiding inside this circle of Laird's blood, which kind of is there and kind of comes out of nowhere and then is is... Uh, they're out of it a few chapters later and it's like it feels like it could use a few more sentences to set it up but obviously Blake is still in a really bad place so the the kind of messiness and and obviously this is an intense situation so the messiness of this chapter obviously is pretty justified I I, I don't know I'm not sure if I it I don't know if I like it as a device in this chapter or not yeah, no, I know I know what you mean. It definitely feels like this fight just is messy and Blake just is a mess. So yeah. it kind of makes sense that, like, the whole thing's just such a scramble. Um, things aren't really being processed as well as they, like, would be yeah. in, in better circumstances. Um, like, this was definitely one of those chapters where I'm really glad that we're doing the story this way and I get to read the, the chapters twice because the second read through this chapter was was so much more clear to me than the first (laughs) yeah yeah totally i i I think this is the perfect story for that because there's so much stuff i i feel like i guess we've talked about this a lot over the course of the whole show but (laughs) there's so much stuff where due to the literal the literary nature of it rereading it and reading it a few times really makes you catch all of these great things um yeah anyway yeah i think also this was a wabo's month from hell i think this was the one that he there was all this like stuff going on that led to him um like having to to not spend as much time writing the chapters as normal or something I, i'm not 100 percent sure of the details but yeah no i think he has sort of mentioned to us that it was around here somewhere yeah um that like he he was sort of going straight from finishing one chapter to writing the next one like in the same mm. sitting which is something he's never done um outside of this area because it was just you know a lot of real life stuff kind of Dump, being dumped on him all at once yeah. um but like so yeah I, I i don't know like it's still pretty good like yeah oh it still <laughs> works like it's still i think it works as a choice and i don't think it affects us badly because we are reading the chapter multiple times i don't know it just feels it's interesting to me yeah yeah um anyway so the the fight continues Pooh agrees and he kind of comes out and just starts fucking with conquest um doing some damage you know uh but unfortunately evan is taking damage he gets knocked out maggie has to abandon blake and uh conquest scares off Pooh and approaches blake and blake surrenders and all hope is lost yeah um i like this i think we're going to talk about this a bit because blake says to conquest You've beat me. He 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 gives up. You know. I mean, it seems like he's given up. Um, but there's a trick here. Blake and the Cabal are playing a trick on Conquest and on us, the uh, the spirits, the audience. Um, <laughs> and I I like it. I think it's good. Yeah. So I, I I'm very conflicted about where I come down on it because I do I do really like the the sort of big twist moment where you're like, oh, like it's all this was a plan and and it's worked and <laughs> yeah. And that is a sort of very satisfying moment. Uh, but there there was so much that sort of confused me leading up to this. And, you know, like I, I sort of talked about how it seemed like Blake didn't have a plan. Uh, <laughs> and I do feel like there was maybe some narration gymnastics to keep us in the dark there, which I think maybe 
are also part of why some bits mm. of this chapter weren't super clear the first time. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know, because I did really like the reveal, but I, 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 I'm not 100% sure if I think the some of the, the confusion beforehand was maybe worth the payoff, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, okay. Um, I just really like clever wording tricks. So Blake says to Conquest, yes. you've bested me. I won't move 10 paces from here until this is decided. And basically throws Rose under the bus. Um, and it's like, it really feels like we've we've had the Blake and Rose conflict being set up. Um, and it feels like it's like, oh yeah, this is actually happening. But obviously part of this at least is a trick. Uh, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you're right. All that stuff setting up, like not trusting Rose yeah. uh, delivers for us a little bit uh, right here and now. Um, and I agree that wording where he won't move 10 paces until it's decided uh, <laughs> on, on the second read through is like, oh, nice. Yeah, it's good. Um, so, yeah, uh, things have come to a head. Blake basically says, I surrender, but you probably need to get Rose to surrender too. And Conquest is like, all right. Uh, and Conquest <laughs> basically attacks Rose, lunging into the mirror dimension, and reflections start to shatter as they kind of battle, as it were. Uh, and as this is going on, Pauz approaches Blake to kind of extract revenge from him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a lot going on here. Um, yeah. Maybe we should keep going with the summary and we'll kind of loop back around when it's all... Yeah, once it's all resolved. Yeah, I think the one thing um, I just want to... I, I do want to pull out of here is is how... um. Blake like bluffs pose to get him to to get him to piss off. Yeah. Uh and, and I I love again it's a, a bit of a triumphant moment where Blake yeah. just has to pull out all his remaining bullshit cards and just act really confident and I think he does a pretty good job. His prose is very uh convincing and I mean yeah it works like pose is just like oh fuck this like yeah. oh, I'm sick of these people. The, I'm out. The other thing I really like about this is up until Pose enters the scene, we kind of feel like Blake has lost, right? But Pose mm. comes in and Pose is like, oh, nice, you've done it, or whatever. It's like kind of, Pose kind of gets what's going on a bit. Um, yeah. And then is like, but I could fuck it up for you right now because you can't move. <laughs> and it's like, wait, what? What's, what is Pose talking about? Like, Blake has lost here. What's going on? I just think it's like, it's a great way of not doing the reveal so quickly that it kind of doesn't make sense, but also kind of keeping us invested and curious because obviously blake hasn't lost yet because something weird is going on yeah yeah i agree um so yeah blake buffs po- uh, bluffs pose scares him scares him off for now uh and uh Corvide comes back with a small mirror puts it into the circle and uh and that's it the mirrors are all broken and there's no other way for conquest to get out except for this mirror which has been put inside this circle uh the mirror stuck inside in the middle of the circle i'd drawn the blood of a free man laird the circle would be lined with Rose's hair, hacked off, caught by conquest, freed by myself. Maggie had torn out the pages of Black Lamb's blood, weighing them down so they wouldn't fly away. I couldn't afford to lose them. The pages that had bound an other, now, thr- now free, thrice bound. And so this circle of freedom has, uh, ironically, bound conquest. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, unless the eye shows up or something, but yeah. there, there is a, a very much a sense of they've done it, so... I. I don't think that's going to happen right away, at least. Yeah. Um, also, we we did sort of skip over. Conquest did conf- confirm at one point that Laird is dead. Yeah. Um, like, like, so, <sighs> I, I, I'm like, you know, it seems fairly conclusive based on that, which, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that also means there'll be some angry Bahames around. Well, yeah, too. there are a bunch of Bahames still inside that house, right? 
Yeah. Um. So I mean, there's there's still a lot going on, even with conquest out of the picture, maybe. But uh, yeah. Whew. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about their plan. So yeah, okay. What <laughs> the the question that I'm we're going to pose here, I think, is how much of this was planned? <laughs> um. <laughs> so getting Laird's blood part of the plan, right? Um. Rose clearly broke a lot of mirrors to take away any escape that wasn't inside the circle. Makes sense. Corvidae went to get a mirror. That all kind of was obviously part of the plan. Summoning Pose and and cutting off Rose's hair was like probably part of the plan. I I wonder how much of this was improv paying off and how much was actually pre-planned stuff. I assume the Rose's hair thing was pre-planned, especially because yeah. they had to get it out of the mirror world and, and onto the circle. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Pose thing does... I mean, they needed a triple, so it seems like they must have had a plan to get Pose or his pages involved. But, well, no, that would never work unless they're going to set him free. So Yeah, uh, wait, right? Uh, unless uh, they maybe... were planning to set the hyena free instead. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I yeah, uh, unless, like, Pose was, like, the backup and they were hoping something better would come along. Um, yeah. It definitely feels like that one was, was their sort of, um, oh, we can do this one if we need to. Yeah. Um, Led's blood was clearly... Yeah, part of it. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think they wanted to kill him, but yeah, they definitely wanted to get no, some blood no, from they him. Needed, they needed a bit of blood, and they needed to take it, I think. Then the question kind of remains, like, if this did go so according to plan, why is Blake so upset at how Rose... Like, why is Blake so upset at Rose here? Like, what what has Rose well, done to, to lose his trust? Well, so I think, first of all, like, sort of... This went to plan in the sense of... There was a final idea for conquest in the mirror inside yeah. the circle. So obviously, and everything, yeah, everything around there was complete improvisation. It's probably it's uh, pretty obvious that Blake didn't want to relive his worst moments at the very yeah. least. Uh but I, yeah, I, I do I do agree that the the Rose Blake stuff seems to go beyond this plan because uh, yeah. otherwise there was no need for him to keep thinking that stuff to himself. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think I I just wanted to end at the the final. <laughs> two lines of the of the chapter are yeah. um, blake sort of sits down after conquest is stuck in the circle and he goes I we even did it sits. evan he kind of falls down or, yeah yeah flops um and he says we did it evan uh and evan just goes woo uh <laughs> and like it says it says he it says woo he mumbled yeah um and i think that just sort of so perfectly sums up this victory uh yeah. which is like uh like we're so we're yeah so Wait, we're so beaten, but we we did it. Like it yeah. took literally everything. Yeah, it it took a lot. It took a lot out of them. Um, but conquest is bound, and the contest is maybe over <laughs> or not. Ch- I mean, <laughs> tune in to find out. I guess because <laughs> the con the contest ended when conquest or Blake died, or conquest or Blake gave up. Right, and uh, I don't think that's well, it, happened. It, well, he's not going to give up anytime soon either. Like I. Conquest seems like the kind of guy who'd sit in the mirror for a hundred years before giving up. Yeah, so uh, who knows? <laughs> who knows what's going to happen next? I guess we'll find out next episode. Yes. Um, but before the next episode, I wanted to do a, a bit of a monster corner, one that I've been kind of cooking up for a while. Um, I wanted to talk about the the terracotta soldiers, which are the sisters, the dolls from the, the sisters of the torch have, right? Because um, mm. I think this is very interesting as a Basically, what I would sum them up as is, you know, they don't have a, a perfect match in kind of historic monster lore, but they, they are a pretty 
a pretty good modernization of something like a golem or maybe like an elemental. They have a bit of an elemental kick. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, or just sort of creepy evil mannequins. Yeah. Um, are a bit of a thing, even in just stuff like Doctor Who. Like, uh, they, they sort yeah. of fit that that motif of uncanny valley monsters, I guess. Yes, totally. Um, but I wanted to dive into golems here because I think golems are, I think the closest analog to what a, one of these, you know, uh, terracotta soldiers is basically. Um, yeah. You know, so golems are from early Judaism uh, where they were created from, you know, mud or clay or sometimes like flesh, like zombie styles. Um, and because of that, they always have a bit of like an earthy flair, <laughs> you know? Uh, <laughs> uh, and so uh, go- golems in kind of modern mythology has definitely become uh, a lot more rocky or earthy than than uh, than any other kind of element, right? Um, yeah. So in, in Dungeons & Dragons, they're clay, flesh, iron, or stone. Uh, there's kind of metal golems that seem very col- common, but other elements are starting to become more col- common, right? Uh, so we've got fire golems, water golems, a kind of like rock monster with a elemental spirit mixed in. Um, okay. So, you know, terracotta soldiers make sense as a as a, a pactified adaptation of a traditional golem, where you take some some husk, a kind of plastic as the modern metal husk, and, and imbue it with some kind of uh, elemental uh, flair, I suppose. Um, yeah, I mean, well, that makes sense, obviously, because the sisters are completely based around their fire elemental. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, and I mean, and especially, you know, I think Pact talked a bit about when the dolls showed up, about how plastic was replacing wood as one of the yeah uh you know five elements uh of pact yeah um so yeah yeah i like this Uh, the thing i love about it is it works so perfectly for the sisters as well because the sisters are like this very much a blend of traditional practicing where they have kind of a like old school cabal but it's got that modern twist where it's a sorority you know like they're, they're they're the perfect blend of an old school coven or whatever you want to call it and like modernizing that with sorority vibes and and they're all kind of modern high-powered businesswomen yeah yeah you're right it's um it does suit them like it's this sort of modern twisted version of of the classic which is sort of what they are exactly uh so you know the efficient the uh the modern businesswoman efficient version of making a a mud person <laughs> is is taking a mannequin or a doll and and kind of turning them into a modern version of a golem right i love it it's yeah. just like a perfect it's a perfect tool for them because it's this perfect blend of old school very very old school like mythology for servants but with this weird modern plasticky uh twist which i think is Mm. great um so yeah i that's just that's my little ramble about how the terracotta soldiers are a great modern adaptation of golems (laughs) oh yeah that was cool um but that's the end of our discussion on 7.7 our next episode 7.8 will be out on friday the 21st of june Yes, uh, but if you cannot wait that long, head over to doofmedia.com and there are a bunch of other shows there mm-hmm. uh, for you to check out. Uh, and I, I guarantee you, you won't be wanting for content uh, <laughs> if you get into the rest of the Doof uh, network. But let's say you've listened to all the podcasts and you still aren't satisfied with the discussion around Wildbo stories or media in general. Uh, wh- where can people go if they want to discuss these things more, Elliot? Um. I don't know if you're trying to lead me into the discussion thread in the show notes below oh, maybe. or becoming a Doof patron and you <laughs> get access both? to the Doof Discord. 
Why not both? <laughs> um, <laughs> I was going for the Patreon. So if you uh, if you go to patreon.com slash doofmedia and sign up to support the <laughs> network, in addition to just supporting the content that you hopefully are enjoying, um, you'll get access to the Doof Discord, where a lot of awesome discussions on all kinds of crazy topics goes. Uh, so we've been talking about Marble Olympics a lot recently. Uh, that obviously has just ended a week Thank ago. Thank goodness. Um, yeah, we get our time back. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you, you don't have to experience the horror of the Oceanics run yeah. anymore. Um, <laughs> I'm just glad the 2019 Marble Olympics are over. Not the general concept yeah, of Marble sure. Olympics, just these ones specifically. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of movie discussion, <laughs> a lot of Wild Bow content discussion in there. So if you just can't get enough of talking about these Wild Bow stories on the Doof Media Network, then head to the Patreon and you get all, all kinds of additional uh, fun things. Yes, uh, and as of course, as we mentioned a bit earlier in this chapter, uh, Walbo gives us these chapters, uh, rain, hail, or shine. Yes. Uh, and he's entirely backed by his patrons at patreon.com slash Walbo. So if you have any extra money you can spare, uh, you know, he, he puts in so much effort and he really deserves a reward for it. Yeah, and you know, if you don't have money, that's okay too. Other things you can do to help are things like voting for the stories on Top Web Fiction, or even just shoot Wildbo a, a kind word. I'm sure he would love to hear it. Um, and uh, yeah. what else? What else have we got? Oh yeah, so... Also, if if that if even that isn't enough discussion for you, <laughs> the place for you to go is our discussion threads where we talk about the chapters. Uh, so we'll have a discussion thread for 7.7 uh, and we'll be in there kind of talking about this chapter um, in even more depth with, with all of you listening. So head over today. It'll be linked in the show notes down below. Apart from that, we'll see you on Friday the 21st. See you then. 7.8. Bye. Bye.